Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. All right, welcome to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show, coming to you live on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. You can also find us on the Barn Burner Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to check out the website, thebarnburner.com. We are recording this on a Sunday night, um, an NFL Sunday night, and an NBA Sunday night, which is a, a great, great thing to have in one Sunday. Um, you will listen to this on Monday. Um, but first, I got to give an NFL shout out to our Memphis guys, uh, Daryl Henderson and Antonio Gibson. Uh, former Memphis Tigers, both running backs currently in the NFL, got their first career NFL touchdowns today. And fellow alum, Steven Goskowski of our Tennessee Titans, Rich, yes, uh, kicked his second game winner since the last time we recorded. And our Tennessee Titans are 2-0, and <laughs> man. If you're an NFL Woo! teammate 2-0, and we can't relate. We can't relate. <laughs> I don't know how that feels. <laughs> how you feeling about the Titans, man, so far? Oh man, I'm good. You know, tighten up, baby. Um, just it's it's been a long road. You know what I'm saying? Like we've had some ups, we've had some downs in like recent years. Last year, I think you know, well, honestly, with the hiring of Rabel two years ago, we kind of got back on the right track. And this year, um, man, it's been a roller coaster. Like Gostowski will not let you <laughs> let you get comfortable. He's going, you know, screw up a little bit. But when you need him, when it's winning time, he's come through two weeks in a row. You can't knock that. Um, I was a little hesitant this week. You know, A.J. Brown, um, stud, second-year receiver, went down with an injury this past week. Um, Corey Davis has really stepped up. Um, and, you know, it was another grinded-out win today. Hats off to Jacksonville. Um, they played a hell of a game. They were able to kind of contain Derrick Henry as best as one can contain Derrick Henry. But, um, you know, QB1, he stepped up, had some great throws, led the offense, led the troops, and uh, – Gostowski, uh, excuse me, University of Memphis Tiger alum, came through in the clutch for those Titans once again. So we 2-0. Looking forward to seeing what happens in Minnesota next week. Yeah, uh, got a good chance to go 3-0. and And just a man, shout out to Ryan Tannehill. He's 11-4 since taking over as a starter. And today was the fifth time he's led the game-winning drive in those 15 games. So a third wow. of his games, he's led a game-winning drive. Um, and like getting through today without another major injury, um, as we saw so many players in the NFL go down today. So, uh, I mean, the Niners had three players go down. They had their quarterback, their starting running back, and their best defensive player. Um, yeah. So, you know, just to sit A.J. Brown out and hopefully we get him back next week, um, consider ourselves pretty fortunate and uh, sitting pretty as we move forward. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. And, you know, the Titans are the only football we have right now because I'm not sure the Tigers are ever going to play another game, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's glad the Titans are doing well. They're on top of the division right now. Um, but, yeah, Tigers have to cancel another game. Man, it's uh, – I don't know. It's not looking yeah. pretty. So uh, uh, I know you got on your Lakers jersey, but before oh. we get into what we just saw – um, we got to handle the Grizzlies news first. And on Saturday, oh, yeah. the NBA released oh, yeah. the uh, vote, the voters ballots for the NBA awards, which was much anticipated in Memphis because mm-hmm. 
Ja Morant was one vote shy of unanimously winning the Rookie of the Year award, yep. which at the end of the day is not a big deal. But is you know the Grizzlies aren't playing. Grizzlies fans need something to get yeah, riled up about. Yeah, and uh, I mean why not? We we yeah. got that chip on the shoulder. And Ja is just as riled, so I think he, <laughs> he's adding to it. Like he's he's clearly pressed about it. Right. So uh, kind of his version of LeBron's. Uh, I'm pissed off. You know. So. <laughs> Um, and, and Joe Cali is the the victim here of not voting for John Morant. He instead voted for Zion Williamson. And uh, Joe Cali is a random like of the Chicago Sun Times. He's not even like of the Times Picayune down in New right, Orleans. Right. I just want to say he looks exactly how I thought he would look. Like seeing his profile picture, he looks like. A dweeb that would be something like that. <laughs> yeah, he like a Kmart Woj, you know. Great value Woj. Great value ass Woj. For real, bro. Like, come on, man. Yeah, and uh, apparently he's had some, you know, interesting takes. I saw on Twitter that he's no longer allowed to vote for like the MLB Hall of Fame because his oh, votes wow. were so atrocious. Now that that's on Twitter. I haven't sourced that and uh, yeah. fact checked. Um, but I do know he voted for Pat Beverly Pat as Beverly. defensive player of the year this year. And I mean, he's a fucking troll. Yeah. I mean, he's a fucking troll. And, and what made it even worse was his explanation in a tweet <laughs> yeah. in, in which he added John ja Morant and said, Ja is a transcendent player. No arguing that. But the rookie of the year should go to the most impactful. The NBA built a TV schedule around Zion and expanded a bubble for Zion. His 24 games were must-see TV. I'll take that 24 and change PER and stand on that side of history. What the fuck is that, Rich? Just a whole – just motherfuckers when they be talking about a whole lot of nothing. Like, a whole lot of nothing. Like, that – they didn't even win in the bubble. Like, like, what what are you talking about? Like, and he and he didn't play in most of those games that they right, built the schedule around. Right. Hell, maybe that's the reason we got this damn ratings decline. Because right, right. Cause they got the fucking schedule. Pelicans on TV yeah. with no Zion every Friday night at nine. Like, come on. Thank God, Brandon on, Ingram bro. stepped up to Thank the plate so we had something you know to watch. Thank and Drew God. Holiday's always entertaining, but well, it was because of Zion. Josh Hart run around getting defensive rebounds. Like, right. I mean, hoping Jackson Hayes gets in so we see a poster. Like, <laughs> shout out Jackson. Man, that that's that he should have just not said anything, let it blow over. Yeah. Um, or just said, you know, I think Zion was better in the games he played than Ja was in the games he played. And oh, it's yeah, like, I'm okay, sure. well, that's a fucking dumb take, but okay, at least that's what you're standing on. Right. Um, so uh while we're on awards, let's talk about LeBron's comments saying he was pissed off that he only got 16 of 101 votes for first place for the MVP. Um, of course, Giannis uh, won it for the second straight year. And, you know, by all counting stats, Giannis had the better season. Uh, but why do you think LeBron has a reason to be pissed off at, at how the voting played out? You know, like, I think that his, his pissed offness doesn't even stem from not winning, Right. Um, you know, as a huge LeBron fan, I too agree. Like Giannis had a hell of a year back to back. If you're better than the year you won MVP, then yeah, you win MVP again. 
And and full transparency, I think on our pick show, you and I both picked LeBron. Yeah, because I'm I'm a a ride for my guy. I'm a ride for my guy. I cannot. Um, We both said we expected Giannis to win. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't a shock at all when that came out. I think what really stood out to him was the 16 first place votes, right? Like just the utter, I don't want to say disrespect. I just want to say utter lack of acknowledgement for what this man has done in his 17th year. You know what I'm saying? Basically, two years ago, lifting this Lakers franchise out of oblivion, right? Getting AD to come team up. Um, and this dude made a valued effort to want to integrate AD into the team. So he turns around and leads the league in assists for the first time. Like crazy, like crazy numbers, crazy PER, crazy efficiency rate. Um, and I think it really stemmed from, you know, that 16 first place votes because it's like, whoa, like I can understand this close finish. I right, bet. But like, man, you like he's blowing me out of the water. Really? And I think that's when he came with the comment. Like a lot of these motherfuckers that's voting. Y'all really don't watch the games. Mm-hmm. Y'all really don't watch basketball. You might not even know the game of basketball. Um, and it's just, you know, I think that's something that LeBron has had to deal with throughout his career um, of just, you know, having such high expectations and then exceeding those expectations. So the goalpost is continually moved. Like, nobody has the bar set for them like he has. Um, and I'm somebody who who grew up as a Kobe fan, and so I, I just kind of grew up, like, knowing, okay, it's either Kobe LeBron, Kobe LeBron. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of riled on the decision and all that jazz, Miami years, okay. But I had to turn the time, man, in 2016 when this man <laughs> came home and bought a championship to fucking Cleveland and broke up that, that you know, that 3-1 deficit. With, I'm like, yo, if you don't fuck with dude, you're just a hater. Like, that point blank simple there's just something in you where you're just like i don't like this man like fucking skip bayless um and it's just interesting you know if you talk to peers around the league i think i was watching inside the nba um the other night and draymond was on there shout out draymond by the way he definitely has a future um post his playing career as a broadcaster absolutely uh, great talent uh, absolutely great and they were just speaking uh and they was just like yeah you know with Giannis being the best player in the league and blah blah, blah. and draymond was like whoa <laughs> I gotta say, I don't. Well, I don't agree with you, sir. <laughs> like he's like, uh, I I hear you, but LeBron's still the best player in the league. Um, and you know, when you hear about their respect from peers, and you hear about the respect of, you know, his teammates, and you know everything that they've done year in year out. This man is, you know, if they get through Denver, I mean, they will get through Denver. He's about to play in like his tenth finals. <laughs> That's fucking crazy, dude. I don't care what your record in the finals is to get to ten finals. Like, and you say, oh, he did it in the East. Okay, well, shit, now he went to the fucking West. He's doing it in the West. What's next? You want him to do it on an all-star team? Like, what? Just keep moving the goalposts, dog. But um, I definitely feel he has a valid point. But, you know, hats off to Giannis. Um, He had a hell of a year. He definitely earned that MVP award. Um, It's just crazy. And it's always an interesting uh, setting when the person who receives the MVP award is already at home and they're chilling. (laughs) And (laughs) they're just... He's in fucking Greece on a video chat accepting his award. <laughs> right. Hey, what can you do? And, uh, you know, to, back to Draymond's point, like that is where the disconnect is, is MVP doesn't mean necessarily that you're the best player in the league. And uh, even more so to LeBron's point of are these people really watching the games or are they just saying Giannis has the best stats and the best record, so he automatically gets my vote, which – um, on a surface level is understandable, but when you really dive into it, you'll see that 
Giannis played 10 more games against teams that didn't get invited to the bubble than the Lakers did. Um, you'll also see that both teams were 500 when Giannis and LeBron were out. Um, you know, so it's just how much are they diving into it? And are these voters actually really doing their homework and going back and watching film? And I, I think that's what LeBron is trying to say. Not that like you don't watch basketball. Like, yeah, we watch the games when, you know, they're on ESPN or whatever. And just for full transparency, I watch more LeBron because I'm out on the West Coast. So I'm able to see him more than I do yeah. watch the Bucks, um, especially in the bubble. You know, the Bucks had a lot of early games, whereas they tried to put the Lakers on late. You know, I think that's another interesting point, right? We, in what other instances is a number one seed MVP team, multiple All Stars, given the shit game throughout the playoffs, <laughs> given the noon tip, the two thirty tip, like? So interesting. And, you know, right. granted, that's one eight. You're playing Orlando. Okay, I get it. But there's no way in hell, no matter if the Lakers were a seven seed, that they're playing 3 p.m. game. They're, they're prime time. Yeah, I LeBron mean. LeBron in Cleveland, that's prime time. No ifs, ands, buts about it. The bu- the Bucks just aren't drawing TV numbers. Not like drawing that. TV numbers at all. Um, not until they win the championship um, yeah. and become you know serious must watch TV. Maybe maybe they're going for a back to back repeat, three mm-hmm. P eventually. But um, yeah, so that's that on the MVP comments. Um, again, expected Giannis to win. He deservedly won. Um, but you know, just as they always say, don't take LeBron for granted. Um, then just wrapping up the awards, all defensive teams were announced. Um, the first team was Giannis, AD, Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert, and Marcus Smart. The second team, Brooke Lopez, Kawhi, Bam Adebayo, Eric Bledsoe, and Pat Bev. Um, any thoughts on on those? I mean, it sounds about right. I think the, the one snub is probably Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, yeah. Drew Holiday, for sure. I mean, I think that's how I saw all the point when, when you ask other players around the league, about somebody, what did they say? When you ask a lot of players around the league about their toughest defender, you hear Drew Holiday's name a lot. Often, yeah. it's always Drew Holiday. Honestly, who's underrated? Drew Holiday. Who's the toughest defender? Drew Holiday. So, very interesting that he wasn't named to either of those teams because I've seen Drew Holiday right like switch, like defending ones, defending fours, defending threes. Like he's just he's he's crazy. But I mean. You know, I think there were some solid choices on that list. There's nothing that I just wholeheartedly disagree with. Um, the all-defensive team was was strong. It's solid. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you got, of course, Giannis is going to be first team, defensive player of the year. Um, AD, also first season in LA, had a great defensive year also. So yeah. nothing nothing that I could really disagree too much with on that one. Yeah, I guess my only gripe would be uh, three bucks for ten spots is a little much. Like they they were great. Oh, but, uh, you said Brooke Lopez made it, right? Yeah, I, I think I would have liked to see PJ Tucker get that. Just um, just the on check. the strength, my my dude is six six in shoes, guarding like fighting for his life every night against whoever the Rockets throw him out against. Like, come on, man. Give my dude some love. Yeah, so he was the first Ford uh, left off the teams. And I I think I would have liked to see him on. I guess Brooke was the center. um, And I think the center with the most votes who didn't make the team was Embiid. Um, So, you know, I I don't really have strong feelings either way on that. Um, But that's the all-defensive team. No Grizzlies. Uh, I don't know when we'll see another Grizzly on there. Maybe Justice Winslow. He's probably our only hope. Maybe Jaron. Yeah. 
Maybe Jaron. Uh, you know, but got a long way to go for Jaron. Justice, that'd be dope. And come in and be second team all defense next year. Yeah. Uh, all right. So to the subject of the night, uh, the Lakers and Nuggets played game two after the Lakers pretty handily won game one. AD basically went ham in game one, had 37 points. But uh, in the game tonight, LeBron was leading the way in the first half, had like 20 points in the first half, super efficient. Um, Then the second half, the Lakers got stagnant. Uh, LeBron, I think he only scored six points the rest of the way and really, really struggled. Um, But luckily, Anthony Davis carried the weight, and he was scoring. It seemed like he was the only one that scored in the second half, save for a, a few big shots by the others. And then the game winner, the Nuggets had fought all the way back, took the lead. Uh, and who was it that got blocked out of bounds? Danny Danny Green? Danny Green. Uh, blocked out of bounds by Jamal Murray, your boy Danny Green. <laughs> and uh, all about that. <laughs> by, by the grace of the Laker gods, they get the ball back with two seconds left. And Mike Malone sl- subs in Mason Plumley. The Nuggets have a defensive lapse. Plumlee is guarding AD and tells Grant to switch. Grant doesn't switch, and AD catches the ball on the wing, rises and fires over Jokic for the game-winning three. As a Lakers fan, your initial reaction to tonight's game and being up 2-0? Man, initial reactions, so much. Like, that first half, that first half was great. Like, Braun was in his bag for sure, Um, but that second half was not pretty. Um, Definitely some adjustments. Uh, There were some lapses. And, you know, I think it's it's been evident with the Nuggets in the bubble in these playoffs. Like, you can't get comfortable and think this team is just going to lie down. Like, shout out to them. They have no quitting them. They they keep fighting. Um, and towards the end, that, that knockout punch, it was AD and Jokic going back and forth, back and forth. Like, Jokic, like, was just scoring and scoring. And I think a very underrated play was, I think Jokic had got a tip on a Jamal Murray shot. And AD literally got the ball, sprinted right down, it hit like a little pull-up like eight to 10 footer just to like swing some momentum to the Lakers. And I think that that shot was huge because had that been another stagnant dribble, 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 dribble possession where, you know, the Lakers just hoisted a shot. It could have got ugly, but AD took it upon himself to make some shit happen. Um, And so when you look at that final play, um, Jokic, once again, just backing down this dude, man, he's who that dude is special, man. Um, But you got, you know, thank God. Thank the Laker gods that there was a chance to get another possession after that Danny Green. But I'm like, we can't end this on this blocked ass Danny Green shot. So thankfully, there was time left on the clock. And according to AD, like the play was for Braun. Uh, the play was to hit Braun, I believe, at the elbow and let him go to work. And AD basically waved it off. AD said he made eye contact with Rondo and went to go get it. So another underrated substitution is definitely getting Caruso out of there um, to sub in Rondo. Um, who has more experience in that situation is definitely going to make the right read, the right pass. Um, Cause Caruso had a chance. If Caruso <laughs> would hit that three man Twitter, yeah. Twitter will have fucking exploded. Cause he already, had a, he already had a great game. He was playing solid. <laughs> he shot that. I'm like, is Caruso about to really be the hero right now? And that shit missed. So Vogel, you know, subbed him out and subbed Rondo in and apparently Rondo, you know, a vet like Rondo has the ability to wave off the play too. So he made that contact with AD man. And the thing, like I knew that shit was good from the second he let it go. Like that yeah. shit was a thing of beauty. Like he's a fucking cheat code, man. 
This dude is seven feet tall, running off of curls, fucking catching the ball in front of the Nuggets bench, deep in front of the Nuggets bench, letting that bitch fly, follow through, talking his shit. Like, that shit was fucking beautiful, man. And you mentioned it earlier, in the Mamba jerseys, like, like what can you do? Like, uh, my pops texted me immediately after the game. He was just like, yo, like, AD has arrived. And I'm like, yeah, this is that signature moment for him. Like, I don't think he had had that signature playoff movement, moment, say, for when the Pelicans upset the Blazers, swept the Blazers and, and got in that ass. But um, this is his moment in, like, Laker lore. Um, and, you know, we see now that, you know, whenever LeBron is gone, uh, whenever he he wears down and he rides off to the sunset, yo, the, the franchise is still in good hands. Like, this dude is, what, 26, 27? He's only going to get better with time, you know, just, you know, hoping for health and, you know, sustainability in his play. Um, but this dude is a problem, dude. Like, this – I saw something in him that I hadn't really seen before. Like, I saw that fire, that dog. Yeah. Like, I've never really seen AD barking at people and, you know, talking his shit. And he, like – it's like he, like, had to realize and remember who he was. Like, yo, like, I'm that dude. Hold the fuck up. Like, he, he fucking proved that shit. Yeah, and, and that's what he was saying after the game. He said, I'm like that. I'm, I'm like that. that. Beating like his that. chest. And, uh, yeah, it, it did feel like maybe a turning point uh, in his career. Like, I don't want to sound cliche or overplay this one shot. Mm-hmm. But uh, just the whole second half of this game, he, he carried the Lakers to a win. Like you said, he went shot for shot with Jokic, uh, who was awesome, and Murray, who was making shots. Yeah. Um, and AD finished with 31 points, nine rebounds, two assists, and he was 11 to 23 from the field, seven to seven from the line and knocked down two threes um, while LeBron finished with 26, 11 boards, four assists. Now LeBron had, I think it was six turnovers. Um, so that was ugly. The Lakers really, they, the Danny Green had 11, KCP had 11, uh, Kuzma eight, Caruso nine. And I mean, if AD didn't get that last shot, the Lakers would be getting pummeled because, yeah. I mean, Caruso took the the one shot. Uh, Danny Green took the shot that got blocked. And I think – I want to say Kuzma took the, the sh- other shot before yeah, AD. One, yeah, when Braun kicked it out. Yep. So just uh, not how you want to go down. Uh, the Nuggets definitely don't – they're not the team that's going down without Jokic or Jamal Murray shooting yeah. uh, the game winners. And – Shout out to PJ Dozier, though. Thank you for those missed free throws, dog. Four, right? Four in the fourth quarter. Your four missed free throws. Thank you. So those were definitely big. Uh, What a random Random. insert into the lineup from Mike Malone, PJ Dozier, the young fella from South Carolina. And, I mean, he was was impactful. He 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 only finished with three points and, you know, like didn't really have a lot of counting stats, but he had an impact on the game, and they were better with him. On oh, the yeah. floor. You know, MPJ was over there seething. You know he was hot. Yeah. You know he was hot. And, I mean, that's just a perfect example of you need someone who can play defense in the playoffs. Because MPJ yeah. had had a good offensive game. He had he 15 points on 6-9 shooting, but Mike Malone just couldn't put him in down the stretch. Yeah. They're going to pick on him. Um, and the Lakers were trying to pick on Murray with the LeBron pick and roll, and uh, it just never worked out in that second half. And, you mentioned it earlier, but when the Lakers are getting up and down the court like they were in the first half, which it usually is a result of their defense, mm-hmm. um, they they look unstoppable. If you can make them try to beat you in half-court sets, uh, that's when if AD is not bailing them out, just right. going in Sano mode, they can be beat. 
Um, so we'll see. Game three is a uh, Tuesday, so we don't have an Eastern Conference game before that because Celtics and Heat are taking a break. They play Wednesday. Yeah, they wanted to. Uh, they said they wanted Western Conference to get a chance to catch up, basically. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense to get them on the same level. Um, how you feeling about about the role players of the Lakers and the rest of this series? You, you, do they have enough to to? I mean, obviously, I think we all think the Lakers are going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fucking Nuggets, man, they seem to figure things out yep. game by game, and mm-hmm. they're never going away. And their two best players can make shots. Yeah, there's there's got to be there's got to be somebody else. Um, I feel you know. Ron and AD are going to do what they do. Rondo has been huge. Um, Caruso has also played well. And I want to also give a shout-out to uh, KCP. You know, he receives a lot of slander. But uh, KCP has really played well um, on defense. Uh, he seemingly hit his open threes, you know, which is what you can ask from him. He's not like a playmaker or anything, but he, he's he's playing his role. Um, Kuz, Kuz was out there tonight, you know, eight points you mentioned, but it seemed like he was just kind of running around tonight. Um, I think Kuz has really been relegated to – Cutting like that's where the bulk of his offense is from. If it's not a driving kick, wide open three, or him cutting and receiving a pass, his role in the offense, his fit with the two dominant players on this roster, it's just not a seamless fit. Yeah. So I think when he's out there, it it's it's it just doesn't it's not seamless. You know, you want it to be seamless in the playoffs. You want things to be clicking. And but he, to his credit, he's trying. He's really been trying on defense in the playoffs. Um, but I still, you know, think he's, you know, with third year saying this, I, I still don't think he's ready. I think he's a ways away. Uh, but his his confidence is immense. So when he is hitting shots, you know, Kuz can lock in too. Um, but I still think, you know, the bigs they're gonna play a part. Dwight has been really playing well, but he's gotta he's gotta keep his emotions in check, man. He 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 is he is yelling and complaining after every fucking possession about some shit. I'm like, dude. And granted, nobody's gonna talk back to you because you're big as fuck. Like you're right. fucking jacked. Like, like, damn, bro, just relax. You're about to like get your first ring. Just chill, like chill. Do what you've been doing, and like you fucking just foul the motherfuckers. Like, like just relax. <laughs> and it seems like Waiters is not gonna be playing. I, I guess he's still hurt a little bit. I think Jr. is just getting checks. I don't think Jr. is gonna play a factor at all. So. I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like the Rook is going to get any run. He was getting some run in the uh, Houston series. Dude, he well. fucking got yeah. his ass rocked by Anthony Davis in the celebration. Oh, when, when they went to go do the butt-to-butt bump, <laughs> AD, AD was so pumped. He just knocked Taylor Horton Tucker to the ground. Oh, and the, uh, the Morris brother, like, is smiling, picking him up off the ground. But, yeah, that, that was a good moment. For sure. Uh, I'm glad you said that because that's, that's who I was missing, Markeith. Uh, Keith has been pretty solid, but I think Keith is going to definitely have to uh, continue hitting those threes, continue rebounding, bringing that toughness. Um, and I think it could really play a huge factor because, you know, when, when the, when the brothers, the brothers were being bought out, the twins, you know, the Clippers basically wanted to kind of keep Marcus away from the Lakers. They, right. Marcus is supposed to be the good one. Um, and they were playing a cat and mouse. And he ended up signing with the Clippers. So the Lakers seemingly had to settle on Markeith. Um, but, Shit, Markeith is kind of playing these playoffs. Like, Markeith got some game, too. Um, and, you know, Marcus is at home. So, hey, right. we'll, we'll see what's popping. But, yeah, um, definitely the others are going to have to have to consistently positively contribute. Uh, 
but also like AD is gonna have to continue being who he was tonight. In yeah, the this is his matchup Chuck, to dominate. Yeah, this right? is his matchup. Chuck asked him in the post-game interview, why is it that sometimes you don't seem aggressive? Um, and I thought he was just gonna, you know, blow it off and you know, do some like coach speak. Um, but AD, he was on, he said, Man, I think sometimes I'm thinking too much, I'm in my head. And you know, he was just very transparent. He said, You know, I, I know what I want to do, the moves I want to make, but sometimes I just defer and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, self-awareness is the most important thing. That's the first, that's the first key. So he knows like, and I think tonight might be a reckoning of, you know, saying like, yo, nobody on this floor in the Denver Nuggets uniform can check me. Nobody in this, in this uniform can stop me. Um, they're not trying to bowl bowl out here in game three. So that's <laughs> right. just dead. So I think AB is, he, he's going to eat for sure. Yeah, and um, you know this is—it'll be interesting to see if LeBron is true to kind of what he has said since they acquired AD. In that this is his team, mm-hmm. uh, you know he, he is who is going to make us go. And even though LeBron, you know, had a case for MVP this year, AD was right there as well. Um, okay. you, you know, you could have made a case. Uh, I don't think you can make a case that he's the best player on the Lakers, but he had a really great season um, on both both sides of the ball. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see if as these conference finals and then into the finals, if they make it there, continue. Um, if LeBron lets AD continue to be the man um, when it comes down to closing the games, because tonight LeBron couldn't do it. I mean, <clears throat> maybe he got fouled on a couple of drives, but it was ugly. And uh, AD saved his ass from a day of talk shows talking about is LeBron not clutch anymore, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like know. on Twitter. Like as soon as AD hit the shot, oh my God, you know, LeBron's the only person that can't have teammates, right? So he, he, yeah. he's the only person that can't have fucking teammates. So yeah. it was already started. I saw like it was half AD, oh my God, half, wow, LeBron, you let AD get like, well, shit, a yeah. W in my book, just like the fucking Titans. I don't care how ugly it is. A W with the W. Shit. Yeah, especially in the playoffs against these Nuggets. Um, yeah. I mean, that Jokic tip that you mentioned earlier on the air ball from Murray just in the middle of the lane, it, he's just making insane plays, in, insane shots. He shoots those moon balls that just kind of fall into the hoop. And, uh, you know, it pisses you off when the net doesn't swish right. Like, you yeah. know, it just swishes a different way. You're like, man, that shit was too pure. That shit was pure uh, as fuck. Like – this dude, that that last joint over Caruso, that just like, I'm, I thought it was an air ball. I'm not gonna lie. Like when I was, yeah. like, I thought the shit was an air ball, and I'm like, yep. okay, let's go. And then he was taking that. I was like, oh shit, he made that shit. They showed <laughs> the fucking replay, and the motherfucking net didn't even move. I said, dude, you're different. Right, you're fucking, you're fucking different, bro. Like, so uh, Murray and uh, Jokic combined for 55 points, while LeBron and AD combined for 57. So these two duos are really going at it. And outside of MPJ, who we already mentioned had the 15 points, um, the Nuggets didn't really get any help, especially not from their starting lineup. Grant had seven, Millsap six, and Gary Harris only three. And, uh, you know, Gary Harris was really good in the last series, but so far in these first two games, kind of been a different player um, from the guy who we saw get his – footing uh back after not being with the team for a while and he was knocking down shots uh against the clippers but mm-hmm. not so much anymore tory craig only three points monte morris nine points um but and then the lakers others just to put a bow on this 
uh, Danny Green 11, KCP 11, and Rondo only three points, but he had nine assists. Caruso nine points and some big deflections and a big momentum play with that dunk. Yeah. Um, and then the finger roll, too, the jer- uh, hey, Iceman finger roll. AC, AC, he's he's a little overhyped, but AC got game. Like, AC got game for sure. He got some uh, game. He's there for a reason. Yeah, and like you said, if he would have hit that three with about 20 <laughs> seconds left, uh, Lakers yeah. Twitter would have lost their fucking minds. Yeah, Lakers Twitter would have. And he would have been everybody's, like, Avi on Twitter, the motherfucking uh, cover photo and shit. Like, it would have been, like, Caruso with Jordan. It would have been great. We uh, missed that, but uh, maybe next time. Uh, maybe next time. And I went to the Lakers home opener this year, all the way back in what was it October or November 2019 when fans could go wow. to games and stuff. Ages. And uh, the Lakers fans, they didn't really like this team yet. They were still kind of on the fence about LeBron. AD wasn't playing great, but Caruso they already loved Caruso from the previous year. And I mean, that was like the only guy they were cheering for uh, on opening night. So definitely, you know, a cult following out here in LA. Yeah. But, um, and you know, another, another nice game for him. Lakers up 2-0. Let's uh, switch gears and go to the Eastern conference where they've already played three games and the Miami heat lead the Boston Celtics two to one. Um, heat of course had, the two game lead and then, and they look to be in control of the series. Then Boston has the now infamous locker room yelling match, uh, <laughs> you know, Marcus smart and Jalen Brown uh, kind of going back and forth. And Marcus smart reportedly busting out of the locker room door, saying, man, y'all on that bullshit. On that bullshit. <laughs> um, but then the Celtics responded. Apparently, Brad Stevens met with, you know, Smart, Brown, I think Tatum and Kimba. I guess they had a breakfast or dinner together uh, and, you know, hashed some things out. And before we get into the series, what? how do you feel about the locker room thing being a big deal? I think, uh, obviously, if reporters are there in the bubble or even outside a locker room here, like, if you hear something like that, you can usually tell um, joyful uh, banter compared to teammates arguing and getting into it and being upset they lost two games in a row. Some people were mad that the media reported it. <clears throat> I, I'm not of that thought process. I, I think it's okay. I mean, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. And, I mean, I expect it to happen in locker rooms. Um, so just kind of your thoughts on that whole ordeal. Yeah, you know, I think that's just, I mean, that's just a, a, a part of the times that we're in with social media and quick updates and reporters have a lot of access and they're in the locker rooms. They're outside the locker rooms. They're in the hallway. You know, they're, everybody's looking for that next scoop or that next story per se to just keep people engaged like this. There's only so much you can report on from the bubble. Right, um, <laughs> and so I think you know, in locker rooms that happens. Like it fucking happens. Like we don't hate each other. We're not about to quit on the team. Like you have disagreements. Uh, Jason Taylor came out and was like, you know, if we weren't upset, like I think that would be more of a problem. Like yeah. we had just gone down 0-2, we blew another second half lead. Like yeah, we're pissed off. And I think <laughs> we can all see Marcus Smart. He definitely someone that wears his emotions on his sleeves. So yeah, he probably was was fucking mad as hell, and. Wanted to fucking let some steam off. You know what I'm saying? And they had to have, you know, one of those telltale come, come to Jesus meetings. 
Um, and if I'm a reporter and I'm outside and I hear this shit, I'm like, oh, fuck, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Shit, I'm going to fucking tweet about this to my followers and let y'all know what's up. And I think that just added another chip uh, to the shoulder of the Celtics to, you know, not get fucking down 3-0. I mean, Miami Heat have been the darlings of the bubble. They've been the talk of the town. They came out and went up 2-0 on the Celtics, and I think they really had to kind of look inward and say, like, yo, like, hold up. Like, we're getting these leads. We're just not sustaining them. We got to finish a game. We got to figure out how to come together um, and and get one, basically. Um, so I don't really have a problem with the reporters putting it out there uh, because of their proximity. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't something that was hearsay. It wasn't something that they speculated. They were in the fucking hallway. They heard it, so they reported on it. Right. And uh, like you said, if if they weren't angry after going down 2-0, then they might be guilty of being the Rockets or Clippers yeah. and uh, just teams who have no heart <laughs> and yeah. uh, go home early. So uh, the first two games where you, and you kind of hit on it as as the Heat obviously won those games, but the Celtics controlled those games for the most part and then late runs by the Heat some big shots by the likes of Jay Crowder um, and Tyler Hero. Um, the the role players of the Heat have really been the key to the series outside of Bam's block to end game. Was that game one or two? I think it was game one. Uh, yeah, when Jason Tatum tried to dunk on him. And, I mean, what a, if you obviously Man. you've seen the block if you're listening to this. And Bam's hand was flat above the rim, and he somehow just got that shit out yeah. of the rim. He said two of his fingers went numb. Well, I believe it. I mean, he's lucky he didn't break right. his damn wrist. Right. right. <laughs> that shit was crazy. And uh, Tatum tried to dunk it on Bam, a great ending to a great game. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Jimmy Butler really has been quiet so far this series um, but until – they actually they need a bucket late, and then he seems to be able to get to the rim and get two points in some sort of way. Like yeah, in the he, last in the last game, I don't know. He just willed that ball in. Like he just yeah, he's he's one of those dudes who can say, "Yo, go get a bucket." You don't know what that means, what that looks like. He's just somebody. Okay, I got you. I'll go get a bucket. Shit ain't gonna be pretty, but I'm gonna go get two points. Like straight up, and he's right. able to impact the game so much more than just like scoring. You know, just his hustle, his defense, his leadership, deflections. Because uh, they had the Celtics looking terrible in those final minutes of game one and game two. It's just, you know, at that time, it looked like I saw a whole bunch of Celtics. They have so many guys who are just ISO scorers, right? Yeah. Jason Tatum can ISO score, get you 20. Jalen Brown can ISO score, get you 20. Kimba can ISO, get you 20. Shit, Marcus Smart can ISO, get his. And it just looked like four or five ISO players on the court playing pickup. You know what I'm saying? And they needed to figure out how to come together in jail as a team. I don't know how big of an impact Gordon Hayward's return had um, in their cohesiveness. Um, but, yeah, they, they looked a lot more fluid on offense because game one, it looked like a fucking pickup game. Like, we know all y'all can hoop. Right. That don't mean like you're a team. Like, how do you come together and bring those talents to mesh collectively, you know what I'm saying, for the greater good? Yeah, and uh, Jason Tatum kind of took some heat for taking a step back three oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, late in the fourth. That uh, He took the game-winning three instead of attacking the basket. Um, they went to overtime, then the Heat ended up winning. Uh, and the Celtics, uh, they were stymied by the Heat's zone in games one and two. 
And then game three, the Heat kind of went away from that zone and only played it a few possessions. So that would be something to watch for, see if they bring that back. The Heat like to play their zone where they put some uh, like Jay Crowder and Jimmy or Derek Jones Jr. up at the top. And they kind of play like a 2-2-1 with Bam protecting the rim. Um, but like I said, game three, I don't know if it was because Hayward was back um, or maybe because Grant Williams was playing a little more for the Celtics, who him and a Wanamaker, the two rookies, um, and then the Heat, you know, they got young guys all over the court. They got Kendrick Nunn, who is basically unplayable. Yeah. And I, I don't – I can't imagine we see him anymore this series. But then again, who else are the Heat going to play? But but Nunn and Iggy are giving the Heat nothing. Like, yeah. Iggy's not playing great defense. You know, he's just – he looks washed up out there. Jay and, Crowder was the prize of that trade for the Heat. And I I wonder if Spo will give so, uh, Solo Solomon Hill a chance in some of Iggy's minutes because I mean at least he can knock down shots and yeah. looks a little younger than Iggy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know he's a solid defender too. But, he is. He'll try. So it's going to be interesting to see. I guess we can go ahead and get into uh, predictions for for these series moving forward. Sure. But let's stay with this Heat Celtics. Um, you and I both had Celtics in seven last yeah. week during the show. Now that it's a two-one Heat lead, Rich, what what's your prediction moving forward? Two-one Heat lead. Miami's looked good, man. They've looked good, but I'm staying Celtics in seven. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Celtics in seven. Okay, and um, damn, this isn't going to be a very controversial uh, segment because I agree with you. <laughs> Miami's offense just gets stagnant, and yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Celtics do at times, but the Celtics have more bucket getters. Yeah, they got I, more talent. Like, period. I, and, and I thought in Game Three, a big difference was Jalen Brown was aggressive off yeah. the off the catch. He was attacking the rim and making plays that way instead of, you know, just kind of catching the ball, pump fake, and then making his move. He was making his move as soon as he got it. And maybe that's the reason the Heat weren't in the zone as long, too. Um, just kind of didn't work out with the Celtics in general being more aggressive. Tatum, you've you've come to expect him to get 25-27 every night now in the playoffs. And, of course, he did that. But when Jalen can give you 25 and Kimba and Smart also give you 20, um, yeah. That's it's going to be tough to beat the Celtics. I think yesterday, all four of them had twenty. Right, 20 like crazy. And I mean, not to say that the Heat can't do that, and the Heat uh, did make it close at the end. But for a while, the Celtics—I mean, the Celtics controlled that game, and it was like at a fifteen-point lead most of the most of the game until that final run. And that has been the Celtics' kryptonite is closing the game out, and we saw it again. Yeah. So if it's a close game, I like the Heat's chances, but I think the Celtics have the better team, have the better players, and I think they can fight back. You know, Miami has one battle-tested player in Butler, uh, Crowder maybe, Iggy, yeah, but we just talked about how bad he's been. Yeah. But uh, it's a lot of new guys on both sides. So going to be interesting to see which young guys rise to the challenge. And, and like you, I, I think it's going to be – the, the Celtics still in seven games should be an amazing series the rest of the way, no matter what. Yeah. Um, I think Stevens is going to definitely probably shorten his rotation a little bit. Um, 
I think game one, like he threw out Romeo Langford, the rookie right. from Indiana, and I think he had like a stress fracture or something. Like he he had to leave, so he's not he's not playing. But you you know you got Wanamaker, um, and he's kind of had this revolving door between whether Ennis Cantor or Robert Williams is the first big off the bench. Now Ennis is a bucket. I'll give Ennis Cantor that. Like he can score that bitch, but he don't do shit else. He can't defend. He doesn't really rebound. And Robert Williams, on the other hand, is very athletic, very jumpy putbacks, alley-oops, or what have you. Um, so I think, you know, Brad Stevens, like, looking at the matchups, like, seeing, like, who is more playable, basically, um, when Tice needs a rest. Um, because, you know, Enos Cantor is getting exposed, barbecue chicken on the defensive end, but he also said a little bit because he can fucking go get buckets. And Robert Williams gives you more defense, but, you know, can't really create his own shot or post up or anything like that. So it's going to be interesting. But like you said, I think Boston just top down has more talent, and they're going to pull it out. All right. Now, how about your Lakers? Uh, they're going to close this out in four, five. How you feeling? Man, um, I initially I initially said five. After game one, I went to four. Okay, same. After tonight, <laughs> I think I'm going to go five. Um, I think there's – I think Jokic and Murray just got one in them where they just, like, go nuclear. And they just, you know, leave it all on the floor, you know, get that respect, that 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 serious clip of game. Like Donovan Mitchell, like leaving it all on the floor for Utah, even in the L. Um, so I'm going to go 4-1 Lakers. Um, and I think that their series is still going to handily end before the Eastern Conference and the Lakers are going to get a chance to chill for a couple of days once again. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But I think um, I think this was the Nuggets' chance to steal one. I think time and fatigue is going to finally catch up with them after playing two seven-game series and just coming back from two three-to-one deficits. It's been remarkable, but I think um, the clock has struck midnight and, uh, you know, Cinderella's turned back into a pumpkin or whatever the hell happens <laughs> in that movie. And uh, I, I think you, you're not going to see LeBron be as bad as he was down the stretch in a close game. So I, I'm taking the Lakers in forward with all due respect to – to Denver Nuggets and what they've done. Um, now, I want to give you the last couple of minutes, the Crosstown Rivals, uh, the Vegas favorites Woo. to win the NBA championship, um, basically been the talk of the league ever since Kawhi Leonard decided he wanted to go home to Los Angeles, team up with Paul George. You're from fucking Riverside. <laughs> Marino Valley. You're <laughs> <laughs> from the Valley, dog. And, uh, you know, Paul George from Palmdale. Go to the Clippers. Uh, not necessarily the ideal team for L.A. kids, but the two two guys from the IE. So maybe that's why why they feel, you know, the Clippers is okay. It's a little God, different. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're L.A. outcasts. Yeah, L.A. Um, outcasts for sure. IE, Inland Empire kids. And, you know, they, they assemble this team with – uh, the Morris twin, they're joining Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams, two six Reggie men Jackson. of the year. Reggie Jackson, Landry Shamit had a good season last year. Um, and to almost the surprise of everyone, <clears throat> now let me say it, once the series got going, I picked Denver in seven. Um, the Clippers blew it. The Clippers blew it. They've still never made a conference finals. Anthony Davis has played for the Lakers one season and has more Ooh. conference finals than the Clippers franchise. Talk Rich, about it. <laughs> Rich, tell me yes, about sir. the Clippers. Man, these, these motherfuckers, 
These motherfuckers, man. These motherfuckers was in casinos in Vegas talking <laughs> shit on social media. All this cap. All this cap, man. Just to fucking... Man, that was just a... a it was sad to see. I mean, as a basketball fan, I think I can speak for all basketball fans saying, I wanted the battle for L.A. You know, yeah. I wanted that shit to happen. That shit would have been lovely. But one one side of the motherfuckers couldn't hold in their end of the bargain. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't even make it there. Paul George. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this man. You know what I'm saying? I... I I just do, don't know. Do man. you think Paul George has a doo-doo stain in his pants from when he caught the ball in the corner? Oh, right, before, oh, right before he dented the backboard. That shit, the fucking dude, that <laughs> this is what you come with. You fucking you, you leave Indy, you know what I'm saying? You go to OKC, you come to the Clippers, you know what I'm saying? You you, you got you know billboards and shit. I'm coming home. For, you're from Palmdale, my dude. <laughs> Stop it. We all know you wanted to be a Laker, but we'll let you slide. Um, and you're he's just I was like, dude, like, is this dude just fucking like, he's like a poor man's Chris Middleton damn near. Like, I'm like, dude, you know, <laughs> you keep, you keep, you know, they keep harking on these two amazing wing defenders, amazing wing. No, Jamal Curry is, I mean, Jamal Murray is cooking their ass. Hey, look like Jamal Curry. Like, look like Jamal Curry, motherfucking Jamal, the third brother, right? See, he likes skin with a taper. He can pass. So motherfucking Jamal Curry was cooking their ass. Paul George is nowhere to be found. And I don't want to hear no fucking excuses, man. Backtracking the shit. We chemistry, we we did we didn't come in for a champion. Yes, that you was weak. That was weak. Up. Yes, you fucking did. Y'all motherfuckers have billboards around the damn city. Take back LA, all this shit. And Kawhi, I don't want to say too much because you don't really talk too much. You don't really yap your guns. You just play ball. But dude, you had some billboards too. You had motherfuckers thinking like they was gonna buy some damn new balances and shit. Running around LA and them bitches fight city. No, dude. No matter how much success you have, no matter how much, you know, times the Clippers may win, as someone who formerly was a Los Angeles resident, that shit is a Laker town, and it will always be a Laker town. No the question. black and white Clipper jerseys are ugly as shit. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck is wearing those. Y'all choke. Pat Beverly was a non-factor in this damn series at all. Montrez became unplayable. Lou Will looked like he was still at Magic City. Like, it was just so many factors. Doc and Doc's ass. Doc's, they're fucking, they were going like a, a, a run, give up a 20-0 run. They cut the timeout. Doc's, <laughs> what the fuck happened for, dude? Like, motherfucker, like, we're <laughs> all happy and shit. I'm like, bro, like, the jig is up. His third 3-1 lead blown. The jig is up on Doc. It happened with T-Mac. It happened with Chris Paul. It happened with fucking this team. You know what I'm saying? The jig is over Paul George. You're, he's not – I don't think he's who we've made him out to be, who the media's made him out to be. I don't know if he really wants that smoke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think his his worst decision was leaving Indiana. Like, dude, you were able to be the darling of a small market that would have would have adored you. You know what I'm saying? For, you probably wouldn't have won a title or anything. But you would have been like Reggie. You know, they would have loved you. You know what I'm saying? You would have had some playoff success maybe. But, you know, I just – I'm big on accountability and, you know, just owning up to your shit. And it's always an excuse. It's always a problem. You know, I'm an advocate for mental health and, you know, you know, talking about what you need. And he came out with some struggles he was having in the bubble. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's always interesting when there's always issues when things aren't going well. 
you know, when things aren't how you expect them to be. Um, and Kawhi, honestly, in my mind, looks checked out in that second half of game six. He yeah. looked he looked checked the fuck. He looked like he was ready to pack his shit and go. Um, I see no chemistry. I see no true camaraderie aside from Patrick Beverly just fucking talking. And he's one of those motherfuckers that, you know, the motherfucker that just talks, but you know they're talking, but you're not really listening to what they're saying. They're just yeah. talking just to talk. He's that guy. I don't really see that true camaraderie, that true, like, bond. And I don't know if Kawhi Leonard and Paul Jones, like, they're those lead-by-example types who galvanize. But at the same time, like, you got to be able to build a brotherhood and bring the young guys in and make them feel a part of a culture. Like, I remember, like, growing up, like, you could have a senior on your team, right, who averaged four points a game, right? But he's the OG, and when he speaks, you listen and you respect it. And, you know, that's OG. That's that's the role Udonis has on plays with the Heat. And with yeah. the Clippers, I just don't know who that voice of reason is, who's holding people accountable, who's just pressing folks. Like, it just seems like they was just out there hooping, thinking, like, you know, shit's sweet. We're better than everybody. We're going to fucking, you know what I'm saying, show up to the party and just, you know, ball. We're that AAU team that's just going to eat. Make chickens at two thirty with a three o'clock tip because it's good. Like we just still gonna run on your ass. Like, but no, that shit yeah. didn't happen. Like you, no, no chemistry. Y'all are still JV Lakers of varsity. Y'all are chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no chemistry, no leadership, no. Um, and it was evident in those you know final couple of games as Denver made the comeback. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you kind of hit on it, but their their defense was so highly touted. They had two all-defensive players in Kawhi and Pat Bev, and they got torched by Jamal Murray. I mean, that's just what it is, and it comes down to having heart, having leadership, having someone on that team saying, this is not fucking happening. We are winning this game. That's what Kawhi is supposed to do. That's what we've seen Kawhi do, but for whatever reason, it did not happen with this team who carried themselves like they were championship or bust all season, no matter what Paul George says now. Yep. Um, and, but they never earned it. They never looked like they wanted to earn it. They were content with load managing. The guys, they barely played their best lineups together throughout the regular season, right. even, even into the bubble. <clears throat> Lou Williams, I love you, but the mistake you made, just not a commitment to the team by being seen at Magic City. Uh, you know, I don't know how cool you and Jack Harlow are, but he can't be posting that shit. Yeah, he blew up your spot big time, dog. Yeah, and then tweeted him when they and lost. tweeted after, meet me there, don't beat me. Like, bro. Yeah, I was like, bro. what? Come on, bro. What? And, uh, you know, I would usually think Montrez is the galvanizing force, but he was so trash, yeah. he couldn't do it. Just like Pat Beverly. Pat Bev's fouling out in 10 minutes. Ain't nobody listening to you. Nobody's listening. Especially when Jamal Murray's busting your ass for those 10 minutes. (laughs) Um, So disappointing for the Clippers. Hate we missed the Battle of L.A., but we still have two very good series going on. And uh, we will talk to you all next Sunday. For Rich, I am Mason. This has been the Backdoor Cut Show. Shout out to Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio and the Barnburner Podcast Network. Tighten up, baby. Tighten up, baby. Great show.